Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Citizens, 170 episodes strong, and this is still the podcast for creative. How are you doing? Summer seems to be a thing. Almost not a thing anymore as we roll into the Sunday of summer, August. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys had anything done, completed off your list, your summer reading list, that big project. I, for one, am trying to juggle some of my offerings on my digital networks, you know, youtube.com slash global boys. And of course, the new Amsterdam website, newamsterdam.com. But that's not about me. You guys don't tune into the show to listen to me ramble about things I'm working on. It's about me having conversations. My guest this week, Jeff Gervitz, is up there in the great white north of Toronto, Canada. Uh, not only is a, a co-founder of Bang Fitness, a personal training center in the six, as they as Drake calls it, but the host of the Dad Strength Podcast. And being able to sit and chat with him about the podcast, about mental health, and of course, about Canada, was a lot of fun. You'll enjoy it too. Uh, and if you guys are listening right now, let me know where you're listening by hitting up the show at New Amsterdam on Instagram and at new underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter. Love to, more, love to learn more about what you're doing, what you're working on, how you're interacting with the show as you continue to grow. But without any further ado, my chat with Jeff Gervitz. Welcome back to New Am, Sam Radio, the podcast for creators. It is I, the mayor, Lobo Voice, in the mayor's office. But as always, I'm not alone. I'm hanging out with people who are doing the dang thing. And my guest today is doing it from the north, the sixth, Toronto, baby. Yes, a place sir. I've been to not once, but twice. I got to give it to the host of the Dad Straight Podcast, Jeff Gervitz. Was that close? Was I on that? That was, was it nailed? beautiful. That was, mm. was rare and wonderful. Thank you. Nice to be on. <laughs> How was life going out there? You know, I've only been to Toronto twice around this time of year. It was sticky as all heck. Is that still the case? That is consistent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is hot. It is humid. It's, but yeah. yeah it's my city. Well, yeah. Born and raised? Uh, I'm from out uh, west. I'm from Calgary, which is kind of oh. like, like uh, Texas, Canada. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Alberta side. And I love it. I'm a big wrestling fan too. A lot of my favorite wrestlers are from Calgary. Oh man. Uh, are we talking about like bad news, Alan, AKA bad news, Brown? Yeah. That's a how bad news, Brown. Uh, how old do I look good, sir? Oh, I, not a day over 29. Uh, I turned 37 last month, but yeah. That's okay. Pretty much it. So Bret Hart and all that stuff. Uh, they were, they had that whole stampede promotion in that area. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, uh, I was so glad to be able to go out to Canada on on a uh, business trip a couple of years ago. Spent most of my days at the Steam Whistle Brewery tour. They let you like pull a little whistle from out of town. Pretty awesome. Okay, so, yeah. let's talk. Let's talk about what makes you amazing. So I came across your podcast first, and then uh, you can I came also came across your listing on a a podcasting connecting platform. Talk to me about the Dad Strength podcast, because to me, Dad Strength meant something specifically completely different growing up. That's like you can't beat your dad because he has dad strength. Exactly. You're, right. ta you're taking a different angle with it. Yeah, I mean, that's my memory. My dad used to take delight in crushing the grips of my friends when they'd come uh, when they come over, uh, when I trained, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you know, often guys would be like, you know, a 20 year old 
who trained, you know, 15 hours a week would be getting smoked by, you know, middle-aged guy and, and everybody would just kind of elbow each other and go, yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. that strength. Mm -hmm. um, so there, yeah, there's something um, wily and something uh, wiry and resilient about it. And so, you know, for me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. Uh, I guess folks, you can see it. I'm, I'm in my gym um, yeah. downtown in Toronto. And, and, you know, I think about, you know, at the core, I think of, of showing up as a dad is, is mindfulness. We're just, everybody I talk to wants to be present more, uh, to be tuned in more. And so rather than go through, all right, meditate or, or whatever sort of the conventional wisdom is, um, that's, which is all great. And, and, and I think we should do, um, I want to lower the barriers to this. And I think through health behaviors and it's, and it doesn't have to be amazing. You need like a B minus. Right. In, in all these dimensions and that will kind of clear the blockages clear the frictions and allow you to just um maximize your chances of showing up being present being tuned in uh when you're with your family when you're doing your things yeah, yeah. was that a thing that was a generational thing as it was for you like it was for me like dad worked hard and he provided but after a long day at work he just wanted to like watch the game you know what i mean he wanted to 100%. be on the cows and just like be amongst himself and you're saying that that maybe that's a product of, of what work was back then yeah, you know, I think we're all um, the way we parent is is a product of how we were parented. We're all sort of reacting in a way to what what worked for us, what didn't work for us. We really remember that stuff. My dad had a tough childhood. Um, you know, he his home was was physically abusive, was was verbally abusive. The fact that he didn't hit us um, was an amazing stride forward generation. You know, generationally, however you know, he still had a lot of stuff he was dealing with and, you know, he worked hard and he, he saw his role as provider and, and took that really seriously, but he was so stressed out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, and didn't know how to relax and didn't have self-care behaviors. So he just kind of was, was hanging on. Um, you know, he, he had a quick temper. He's, he was a loving father. You know, I felt loved and I, I felt taken care of, but yeah, it was tough to have a chill conversation. Um, yeah. yeah. Is that your experience? Yeah, very, very similar. Like my dad shook my hat at 24 and I was like, oh, wow, this is affection. Oh. Uh, I was like, this is dope. Uh, but but it's not all about that. It's about providing, right? Sometimes yeah. uh, you are, you mentioned just a minute ago, owner, co-founder of Bang Personal Training uh, yeah. up there in Toronto. Uh, I'd say up there. I'm from Los Angeles for those of you now. Up, up there sounds like you're like literally above me. Um, what's that like, having the entrepreneurial side? Because it's not just a nine to five, you know, hit the little like steam whistle thing and then hit the go home. You are thinking about your business outside of traditional business hours. Yeah. Uh, good callback to steam whistle beer, by the way. Hey. Uh, hey. Uh, okay. So I opened this place in 2008. So it's been 14 years um, and and I don't mind telling you that when I opened it, I had no idea what I was doing. And, um, you know, I think every entrepreneur has is is in part um, filled with this incredible sense of optimism and ignorance. Otherwise, oh, yeah. we just wouldn't do it. Like if I knew what I was getting into, I don't I can't honestly say, you know, for sure I would have done this. Um, so at first you're just you're working 60 hour weeks to, to do anything. You're trying you're pulling every lever, you're pressing every button anything that will will make it work and and so much of it is inefficient but you know um efficiency isn't everything you you learn um you get better you get faster at doing these things and eventually i mean for me a lot of it was just the confidence of eventually finding my own vision like you know i, I can put it this way I, I had years of martial arts that was really important for me i was never a gym guy really yeah um but i remember going back when i was 16 i got into martial arts and i remember thinking this is the hardest 
I've ever worked at anything in my life. And only connecting the dots, looking back, do I realize that it was, um, and this is an ADHD thing, but it was the first time I was truly capable of working hard because I needed that level of physical exercise in order for my mind to work the way I needed it to work. So that, so that has always been sort of a core of what I'm doing. It's not to, you know, have the biggest bench press per se, but just, um, to live well, um, to be able to focus, to be able to, um, uh, regulate emotions, right. Mm -hmm. To not be a, a chronic ball of stress. All this is really important. So in the early years, I was a little bit shy about bringing my own self out of it. I wanted to look professional and I wanted to be structured and kind of look like the stuff people were used to seeing. And it was, it was only kind of as a, I don't know, as a, as a sophomore, I guess, that I began to start thinking, okay, I can bring my more of myself out of it. And the more I've done that, um, the more, first of all, uh, the better it's felt as a business and yeah. the more I've been able to connect to the people I really want to connect with. And, and so at this point, um, you're, you're never going to be, you know, a billionaire running a, a community gym. However, what I have been able to do is, is bootstrap my time, build a, a, an amazing, uh, staff I'm looking at, I'm making hard eye contact with one of my guys right now. Um, you know, exactly. And, um, and, and have these wonderful people. So it's a really positive, um, working experience. And it's, and it's freed me up to then ask the question, all right, let's just pretend for a minute. I made it, I made all the money I need to make in my life. What do I, what do I want to do next? What's important to me? And that, that kind of brought me on to death strength. Yeah. You know, you hit the nail on the head and we'll definitely get to the podcast. because I thought it was very interesting, but, but like, why do we do that? And by we, I mean, entrepreneurs in their first business, their first couple businesses, there is almost this drive to emulate the big guys to a fault. We want the Apple store experience, even though we have lemonade stands. And it seems to be a switch at some point where we go, well, let's just be ourselves. Like, like what, why do we strive to be the big guy? What, what happens that makes us cause the switch? It's a really good question. Um, I think it's doubt. I think when you don't know, I, I mean, we all know this sort of paint by numbers version of business, right? And you see people, sometimes you hear young entrepreneurs talking and they're like, you know, I want to have like the new Google. I'm like, so, so your role that you're not going to just like in your part time, <laughs> you know, conjure up Google. So, so, so people sort of see this idea of, of whatever your version of success is. And that could be scale wise. That could be operational. that could just be the way stuff looks right? It could just be the branding of it. People mm -hmm. see that and they go, I want to feel like I've arrived already. Um, you know what, I, if, if I had advice at this point for any kind of, uh, any, anyone starting out a new endeavor, a new project, uh, a new labor of love, I would say like, this is a beautiful time where you, it doesn't have to look like anything. And you really, you have a lot of freedom, but it's, it's, it's easier said than done. You want it very quickly to look, you want your, your friends and your colleagues and your family to go, oh, he's serious about this. Yeah. This is real. Um, and so, so you kind of want those hallmarks of, of professionalism, but I'll, like, I'll share something with you about the podcast. Um, you know, when, I, when I was partway through my first season, I, I was introduced to a guy and he's got a successful kind of businessy podcast. And he said, Hey, you know, my advice is this, listen to other podcasts, listen to what, you know, what you like and you think is great. And then emulate that. You can just take that and you can copy it on. And I thought that was good advice. And I tried it for a short period of time. And very quickly, I realized that I was never going to make anything truly authentic if I was always emulating other people. 
It's not to say like I'm going to make a radically different podcast than anybody else. If you're making shirts and you're making the best shirts in the world, they they probably still got two arms and you know uh, a neck <laughs> hole and a bottom. Area. Like it's not going to be that different. Um, you know, even Gordon Gartrell. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, for, this is a deep Cosby cut, but that's okay. Um, no, I got you. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not going to be that different. But what you can do is ask the question: What is really within this basic format? What is really important to me? What do I really care about? And what, and, and even more importantly, I think is like, what can we jettison? What can we get rid of that, that doesn't need to be here? So let's lead into it. Dash Strength Podcast. And, and people always ask about why start a podcast. And then and just for a bit of, bit of, of background, there's about 400,000 podcasts in the United States and North America. About 125,000 of those podcasts are active. And about 24,000 podcasts in any particular genre. And if you can think of a genre, there's many, many podcasts about it. But what was the moment for you going, hey, look, I'm spinning some of these plates. They're okay. They're kind of sort of wobbly. Let me add one more in the form of audio entertainment. Yeah, you have to be so careful, right? And I love um I'm I'm as guilty or guiltier than mo you know, than most of just trying different projects. And we we've we've thrown all, all a lot out. I think I think whatever you do, so here, you know, you have to realize like it there's no guarantee of success. Mm -hmm. There isn't. Um and so all the, and it's a great filter when you think about it that way. What if this will never go anywhere? Right. It's not it's not my wish. And it's not like I, I, I don't put a ton of, of care into these things. But what if it doesn't go anywhere? Um, would I be really frustrated? Would it feel like time lost? Would I be angry? And, you know, my answer to that is find a process that you love. Find something that has an inherent value. Um, so that, that's why I said for me, I want to be a better father. I care deeply about that. I care deeply about sharing, you know, what I know, because a lot of the messaging around health and fitness is messed up, is not helpful, um, and is is preventing people from making small but important steps. So all that I care about a lot. And I thought, you know, if I can spend time doing this, if I can get better at some of the things that I like to do, which is communicating, taking complex stuff and making it simple, yeah. right? Um, at, at helping make this stuff relatable and like most importantly, actionable. Right. If I just work on these skills, even if the podcast itself is whatever, um, I will emerge from this experience. I know, you know, and, and if I have conversations mm -hmm. with great dads and interesting thinkers and I learn from people like you, um, guess what? Hey, hey now, <laughs> go uh, on. right. Right. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm picking up things from you. Just, just having this, um, conversation and I know I'm going to emerge from the process better. Now, will the ultimate product be this? I don't know. Um, but it doesn't matter, I guess is for me, um, yeah. is, is the heart of it. Well, one of the cool things I liked about, about your podcast is that you take time, well, we all take time to check in, but you were very public with your check-in. So you had a season worth of content, about 20 episodes, I believe, and you took a time to say, hey, look, here is my report card, a self-report card, which is really brave because in my brain, I'm either the best podcast ever or the worst. There's no way in between. Um, and you're rolling into season two. Uh, is it a longer, is it like navigating the Titanic of implementing these changes in notes or is it something you can like quick do implement? Like when someone realizes what they have to improve on, can it be a daunting task to put those things into practice? It, well, we both know it can be. Um, how do we, you know, the, the, the question is how do we manage that? Yeah. How do you manage uncertainty and, and how do you live? Like there's a real sort of tension in, um, I remember reading this, it really stuck with me. And, and, and I think I, I talk about it on one of the episodes. It's just like, if you start a new project um, and you have real talent, 
you're going to hate your, your early work. And the True. reason is you're going to hear, when you hear great work or you see great work, you're going to recognize that you have good taste. You have a sense of this and you're going to feel the gap between where that is and what your work is right now. Cause you just haven't built the skills up enough. Um, so to prevent me, <laughs> you know, to prevent myself from constantly tinkering and trying to re-engineer it and second guessing, I kind of say, this is the format. This is what I'm going to roll with. And even when I hear things that I'm not a hundred percent in love with, I just, I make a note, I think about it. And, and I take that and I'll say in the next season, and I've got 20 episodes to get through this. I figured my first 20 episodes were to work the suck out really, um, <laughs> to make all my major mistakes um, commit all my greatest inefficiencies. Um, so I didn't have time to, to polish anything because I was just learning to do the thing. Once you've internalized, this is the kind of uh, the ongoing building of skill. Like once you've internalized some of this stuff, you get faster. And so you can either spend less time on it or you can spend less time on the early stuff and now add another layer um, of depth. So, you know, in the, in the second season, I've only, uh, put out one one episode so far, I am a lot more editorial about it. Now, uh, one of the things I'm always sort of self-conscious about not wanting to put myself at the front and center of this stuff, because I think it's, I'm, I'm profiling guests, I'm highlighting them. But one of the pieces of feedback I kept getting was, well, we, a little more of you, like, yeah. let's, we'd like to hear more of you. So I was like, okay, I can, I can put, it's either ego or a lack of ego. I don't know. I don't know which one it is. It's kind of, I think they're kind of related. I can yeah. put that aside and say, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to speak more. I'm going to set these clips up. And what it's allowed me to do this time around is sort of distill what I think is really important about what my guests are saying. And then, um, and then I can pontificate a little bit. I can, I can give myself a little room to ramble. I, you know, I, I hope. Yeah. And, um, but it's like, you know, we are building the car while we're driving it. It's, it's, it's good. It's all, it's all my favorite good. words, pontificate and postulate. Yeah. I say those all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm from Brooklyn. Uh, so we, you, you've mastered, or you're working on, on mastering the physical aspect, which your line of work. And, and then your show does touch upon a lot of the mental aspect of surviving and providing. But I got to ask you when it comes together, how do you deal with, with burnout? I mean, you're creative and you, you expend your body day in and day out. What happens? You're just like, bro, I, I can't, I tap. Yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, I've seen enough entrepreneurs just completely burn themselves out and I've done it in the first, in the first five years of this business, I smoked myself and I needed a long recovery period. And if you have a weird, um, like it's possible, right? Um, whether you, you know, it was a parent or an authority figure, someone else, it's, it's possible to have a weird adversarial relationship with someone where, where the, the emotional dynamic has been kind of messed up. You can do that to yourself. Your business is like my business is my first child, right? Yeah. And 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 so um, I it was a weird energy for a while, and I had to recover from that. Um, but uh, you know, one of the messages I want to kind of share through all of this is we are we think on a high level, and we have access to technology, and we get to do stuff like this. We're not even in the same country, let alone the same physical space, and we're having this conversation, and it makes it easy to forget that we are biological beings and we are constrained by biology by physiology and understanding that we have cycles of wakefulness and sleepiness and alertness and inattentiveness and creativity and just kind of plodding through and 
knowing how, you know, getting a better understanding for me of how my body works and how my mind works and what these cycles are and to stop trying to ice skate uphill yeah. when my mind can't, can't provide the sort of creative work or the precision that I need and actually taking a break. So for a lot of the time for me, like when in doubt, self-care, right. right. So that, that's kind of how, how I manage it. And I don't, and I've stopped trying to, um, get blood from a stone when, when I can't offer a quality of work, I realize right away I am, I'm burning myself out. Like I'm, I'm really eating into my own recovery and regeneration and the quality of work is not worth it. So I'm really yeah. cognizant about those cycles. Man, you know, when I read uh, that you were, quote, like Mr. Miyagi, and Mr. Miyagi was written by Wes Anderson, I didn't believe it. But now I kind of do. <laughs> That's pretty dope, man. Because it's, oh, like, it's really, like, it's You really researched. Yeah, well, yeah, man. You're a VIP on the show. Welcome to New Hampshire Sam Radio. Podcast uh, you good people. Uh, that is <laughs> my all-time favorite um, description or, or, or compliment. That was from, yeah. I know exactly, that was from Graham Isidore. Um, and, and I love that. I, I'm doing my best. Yeah, I, that, that's what all you could ask for, right? Is do your best, right? As my mom would say, she's she's super devout. If you've done your best, angels can't do more. Because she would always say that uh, at the house. Uh, what does solo time for Jeff look like? Kids are put to bed. They've already done their homework. The, the business is closed. What are you doing? Is this all you time? You know, um, a lot of my solo time is is during my working day. Um, okay. I will. We used to we used to run this place. Uh, from uh, from 6:30 a.m. till 9 p.m. And, and and people were in and out. And after we like the pandemic was tough. Um, yeah. No no big surprise on on a gym. Uh, so we stripped down the hours and we do some we do early morning stuff and we do evening stuff and there are a few things sprinkled in throughout the day. But a lot of the time here is quiet, which is what I need. I need mm -hmm. that. And if people are in here, often I'll I'll retreat. I'll find a coffee shop. I'm like we're in Coffee Central. I am. Queen West is uh, is my my neighborhood. Is a great neighborhood um it's chocolate block with third wave uh, great third wave coffee shops and so I'll, I'll hide in the back i'll grab a, a journal or i'll bring my laptop if i need to and i really do my best work in solitude um and so that that's how i grab it i'll exercise um kind of as as i need to by the time i get home i i one major change one important change i made to my kind of lifestyle over the last year or so is I used to come home. Like once I was smoked, I'd be like, okay, that's all I have. Yeah. And I, and I go home and now I've started saying, I'm going to end the day before I'm smoked. I'm going to leave some in the tank, um, leave some for my family, leave some to come home and do liter literally anything other than just kind of collapse on the couch. And that's been good. Uh, so while you were saying uh, the part of the neighborhood you are, I Googled the Queen West, and the first thing that came up was like, looking for coffee recommendations? <laughs> and I was like, no, Google. I was just trying to – that's pretty cool. That you actually know this uh, high-class stuff. Because I was uh, – the, the few times I went, I was like around the University of Toronto area, and it was just all Starbucks and Timmy's, which was great. But like, you know, you kind of wonder what was like local craft. So like, I'm kind of glad there was actually a scene there. What, uh, what brought you down to Toronto? Oh, yeah. So many, many years ago when I was in corporate America myself, uh, well, this is before my last job selling hand sanitizer door to door. I used to work as a, a marketer, a uh, content marketing professional. And there was a company out there called Uberflip that made content experiences. And they had their UberCon. Uh, the first year it was at University of Toronto. The second year was at the, the CBC. Uh, station basically further down south so i will go there in august and drink all the best british beer uh and realize it's as hot as new york which is where i'm from and then try to get our blue jays game but they were always out of town <laughs> so i spent most of my time at the Muscle brewery so it was kind of fun <laughs> 
cool town. Nice. Yeah. It's like if Dallas and New York had a kid and that kid had manners, that's Toronto. <laughs> that's what I felt like. <laughs> well, I mean, have you been out to Los Angeles or, or New York? I have, yeah, yeah. Thoughts about uh, that? LA is great. I've been to uh, Los Angeles. I've been to Long Beach. Um, every time I go to California, I'm like, am I an idiot for not living in California? Taxes are high. <laughs> Taxes are high. I don't know. You know, yeah, lots going on. Lots going on in the States right now. Um, but it's it's uh, undeniably beautiful. Well, I would say that California or Southern California saved my life. Uh, I'm only telling you this now because you're in that space. But I used to be way heavier. I used to weigh – in fact, the original name of the show was 26 Stone. I used to weigh 27 Stone at my highest. Uh, to be living to a city where you can get quinoa year-round and jog in January and not worry about your lungs, I mean, it's, it's, it does, it's pretty awesome. I can't like it. The, the power of environment is is tremendous. Like a lot of times we put – uh, these ideas of willpower on ourselves. Like I've got to be more disciplined. I've got to have more willpower. And that's kind of like last on the list. Um, the biggest change you can make is, is environment. If you are, if you are in a, in a place like this where healthy food is made delicious and it's convenient, where you are more likely to walk than drive where physical culture and just, um, uh, you know, engaging in some kind of, you know, physical activity with friends is standard. Um, you know, I always want to, I'm always yelling, like normalize exercising at the airport, right? It's a really, it's kind of like a weird and awkward thing. Everybody's, they're about to get on a four hour flight and everybody's just sitting down for an hour and a half beforehand. It's like, get up, like, this is the last thing we should be doing, but it feels kind of socially awkward to do it. But if you're in an environment where if, like, if we walked into an airport and absolutely everyone, you know, at the gate was on a treadmill, was skipping rope, was moving around, we would do that too. It would be normal, you know, it would feel weird not to. And that would have, stuff like that has a, a huge impact on your on your health outcomes, of how you feel, what you do, all that. Yeah. So, you, so you you're a, against 5:30 a.m. cheesecake and beer? Is that what you're saying? I'm <laughs> not against board? cheesecake and beer at <laughs> any time of day. There's um, no, those are the time in airports and casinos. It's always like whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm against. Well, I'm against airport food because it, right. it's like the least satisfying it's like the least enjoyable it is the least um nutritionally dense it's it's just there's nothing in there and it's wildly expensive so i'm not i would never ever if you love beer or you love cheesecake i would never ever tell someone not to eat that but like let's get rid of the stuff that you don't like and right. and, and, and and is expensive and you're you never feel better after eating it like let's get rid of that stuff first and see where we stand leave the the things you love you know, like how there's a concept of like old money and new money or like old rich, and new rich. Mm. You could tell people who are like new healthy when they eat something to go, that wasn't worth the calories. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know how much work I had to put in to eat that cake? <laughs> so it's really funny. You're hundred percent right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're in uh, two years post 2020. I don't want to say pandemic because depending on who you ask, either we're still in the pandemic or it's over. But what is next for you? You have the gym. It looks like it's thriving from outside looking in. You have the podcast going on. Of course, you're growing as a human being every day. What does Jeff want to accomplish the back half of 2022? That's a good question. It's always a little challenging to answer these. I don't want to over, overshoot. I don't want to undershoot. Uh, so second half of 2022, Yeah, we're going uh, to do another 20 episodes of the Dad Strength Podcast. I'm going to, I guess I'm saying it publicly, I'm going to work on a book. Um, share this yeah. stuff, condense it, um, get it out there. And just, um, you know, the business now for me is sort of this, it's, it's, I think of it like a Zen garden. It's, it's good. 
I've stopped trying to, um, you know, there's the analogy of the guy trying to get his flowers to grow and he's just gently tugging them every day. It's like, it's good. There's a lot yeah. that's good here. I, I, I tinker. I've got a great crew. Um, but, but I can, I can let a lot of this run on its own. Um, and just, just focus on the community, really taking care of people. Uh, the mechanics are fine and just spend time with my family. Yeah. Oh, that's great, man. I, I want to make it back up to the North, try to see a, a Raptors game or something. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, check out Cabbage Town. I heard it's pretty historic. Why not? <laughs> Jeff, this has been a pleasure hanging out here in New Amsterdam. Arena. Your perspective is going to be inspiration for a lot of people. But if someone's listening to you now and going, you know what? I want more. I want to, I want to lean in to all things Jeff Gervitz. How will they, how can they follow you on social media? How can they listen to your podcast? How can they contact you? Lean right in. Uh, easiest way is dadstrength.com. You can uh, you can follow the trail from there. Um, you can you can write me an email, uh, g e o f f at dadstrength.com. I'll get back to you. I think my best example of dad strength is when uh, one winter where the boiler went out uh, at home and my dad somehow, I, I went to play with my toys, but he somehow like unhooked the old boiler and chucked that one out in the street and had one come. And like, by yourself, Pop? That to me was pure physical dad strength. Why I thought it was pretty cool. I saw your podcast. 100%. <laughs> That's, yeah, there's a lot wrapped in there. Well, I would love to have you back later on just to talk about more things. Uh, this is New Am Sam Maria, the podcast for creatives. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.